Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Josh, for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Michelle, I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit because you are now on the Teach Better Podcast Network and you have a phenomenal podcast. Before we dive into a whole bunch of different topics about professional learning and passion projects, I would love to hear about your educational journey. Oh, absolutely. You know, I love hearing about journeys myself. I I always feel like we learn about each other. I always feel like my journey is sort of shaped by different pivot points. I started off, of course, as an English teacher. And early on my career, I got an opportunity to build a virtual high school. It was part of my doctoral program. And that really shaped how I really looked at designing experiences for kids as well as for adults. Because as part of the program, obviously, we were learning about pedagogy um, and online teaching. And we were learning about instructional technology. And we were learning about all these things and also getting like really practical uh, information about like how to stand up a website, right? Mm -hmm. So when I look at designing things for kids and students, that experience I'm working on the virtual high school, like that really shaped how I look at, you know, really giving kids and adults experiential experiences for learning. But then also from that experience, then I went on to do instructional coaching around technology for teachers in a building and then later for administrators across my district. And then I also got an opportunity to be the instructional supervisor in a relatively large district for K-12 language arts. And I feel like that experience really taught me about how large districts work and how when we have professional learning for a whole district, you know, and I got the opportunity to work and design curriculum and instructional and professional learning for, you know, hundreds of teachers that was going to impact thousands of students. So And from that experience, I really feel like for me personally, but also like uh, philosophically, I think it's important not that we learn how to do things by rote, but more that we understand the philosophy behind something. And then each of us as educators really go through the the thought process and the the thinking process that goes into what we want to design for our students. Um, I think that professional learning, you know, teachers and educators are professionals. So it's really about the thinking that we and the reflection that we do in our own practice. So I've had the opportunity to be um, a district and a school-based administrator. I've also worked as an assistant principal in a school, and that is also a fun job. Um, And it's a different kind of support that you offer for teachers. I talk a lot about on design lessons about making intentional choices for your life. And one of the ones that I made for myself was I decided that I really want to live at the beach. It's been one of my like dreams. And my husband and I, we picked up at a pivot point, you know, I had a family member almost die that those things always make you really think about what you really want. And so now I am teaching sixth graders English at the beach and I love it because it's so great. All the things that you teach and all the things that you walk along with teachers and do. And now I, it's like full circle. I get to go back and do them and I'm really enjoying it. In addition, I mean, you're coaching adults still, you're a speaker, you're yeah. a podcaster. So you're just doing so many amazing things. And I want to kind of go back to when you were an instructional coach or, you know, you were an instructional leader at the district level. Making that transition from 
teaching children to now teaching adults. And like you said, they're professionals. They know their craft. They know a lot about pedagogy and, and about curriculum. You know, what was that transition like for you? I don't know. It wasn't a difficult transition. I think that I honor students as much as I honor adults yeah. in the in the idea that for me, it's always about the thinking. It is always about someone. The learning is the part that I'm excited about that. It's not only that aha moment, it's that curiosity. And so in working with adults, I think all of us as educators, we don't want to be talked to, you know, we want to learn um, just like we are teaching our kids to learn. We want to have those aha moments. And so I guess when I am working at the district level, of course, there are specific initiatives, but how you roll out an initiative, how you empower teachers and principals to carry out that initiative and how you, what kind of professional learning you offer um, and the experiences, you know, are you offering um, professional learning that allows people to try and to fail? Are you offering professional learning that allows people to be curious and explore? Those are the kinds of questions I feel like were things that I was trying to answer for myself at the district level, but also that was the kinds of experiences that I, I wanted to provide for the teachers that I worked alongside of. So as a district leader or building leader, because I know you were an assistant principal also, what did professional development look like when you started and what were some of the things that you really wanted to get rid of to make it a better environment, a better experience for your teachers? I'll talk about two experiences. So at the district level, and like I said, I was instructional supervisor for K-12 English and language arts. I, I did that work for about 12 years, but over a five-year period of time, we changed the way that we we looked at teaching reading and writing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the experience that I designed for teachers, I didn't do in isolation. One, I did the research. Two, you you of course you have to talk to your stakeholders. You know, people want to people have to have a why and want to do it. But I guess in terms of a change, it was about it being sustained. It, not that it was a, a one day experience, but this was an experience that lasted throughout the year that we went through as a cohort. Like after that first cohort and we saw each other back in September, it was like coming back from summer camp reunion. I mean, that's how bonded we all were. And from that first cohort, like I taught the first cohort, but we were in classrooms. Like we would always have our professional learning at a school. And then we were in classrooms that day, trying it out with the students that were right there. And then there's the opportunity to go back to your classroom and you kept a reflective portfolio. So I think, I guess a change is that long sustained professional learning, but also really working together as a team. Here's the big change I also made. I did the professional learning that for that first cohort, but who led the professional learning for the next cohort were teachers who were in that cohort. I picked six of the teachers who were in that cohort and then they worked in partner teams. And then that, that became sort of the team that worked together to, to do that work with the whole district. They still were in their classrooms every day, except for the days that they came out to lead. And so the wonderful thing about that is that they can say, you know what, yesterday I did this with my kids. And so it's not somebody who was out of the classroom. I made a point of always going in. I always had a sort of a partner classroom that I would always hang out in. I always called it hanging out, but it's fun for me (laughs) that I would just be in. And that, so that way, when I was doing professional learning is from a place of knowledge and a place of experience and a place of current experience. Mm -hmm. So I know you're extremely big about design thinking and inquiry Mm -hmm. mindset within the classroom. For those who may not know those terms, I'd love for you to define that. But then in addition, is that something that you also brought to your staff? 
Yes, I, I do think in terms of inquiry um, and, and try to base my work in, in inquiry and questions and, and curiosity, like where does that come from? When we think about the design thinking process, you know, it starts with empathy, you know, moving through this idea of empathy and then defining either the problem that you want to solve or the area that you want to really, really focus in. And on, and then of course you move into ideate, which is a fancy word for brainstorming. <laughs> um, and then you know you pick the idea that you want to run with, and you try it out, and you see how it goes, and then you reflect. I mean, it's just that ongoing cycle, and I think that's a reflection cycle that a lot of teachers use naturally, yep. but it's a reflection cycle that we can use personally in your personal life. I just did a podcast episode on using design thinking to level up your your personal life, but you can also use it to um, help students design uh, to design projects for students, but also help students to design for themselves and to learn those sort of habits of mind. I kind of want to dive into real specific examples, if, if you wouldn't mind. So I'm thinking for like the inquiry mindset piece, right? So what would be an example that a building or a district leader could use in a professional development to really get teachers to do something that's a little bit different than t- the typical you mm-hmm. know, meeting, if you will? Yeah. Well, again, I'm, I'm sort of a big fan of professional development. That's not a, you know, one and we're done, um, but more of planning and experience for teachers. Um, and, and I've taught, I talk a lot about passion projects. So you kind of asked me like, what does professional development look like? So let's say I'm a school leader, think about a, a triangle and at the base are you know the things that everybody needs to know. You know, some things are just mandated that you know this is the professional learning that you need um, because by law we need to do these things. In the middle of that triangle is probably going to be a lot of some choice things, right? We have different initiatives that we're working on, and maybe you're in a different space. And so you've got a little bit of choice, just the same kind of choice that we ask our kids for to have. And think of those top part of that triangle and this is like my favorite part and that is this idea of passion projects the idea that you're giving teachers educators does not to be teacher it could be assistant principal principal all the way up right you're giving them the you're empowering them to really be curious about their practice and really be curious about what they are passionate about and to to do that those kinds of experiences with their kids I think having a a passion project, you learn so much about yourself personally because you're creating something and maybe it's failing. And so maybe then you're reflecting. If you go through that design process yourself, then you more easily create projects that are gonna help your students go through that process as well. I think so many of our students are afraid to fail. Oftentimes I'll have students who are like, can you walk through this quiz with me? And it's not that they don't know, they're afraid to fail. They're afraid to, to choose the wrong answer. I think using design thinking and using this idea of coming up with a problem, trying a solution, seeing if it works, reflecting and making it better, that whole cycle not only teaches kids how to think, but it teaches kids how it's okay to not get it right the first time and and go from there. That professional development experience that I explained to you um, for reading and writing a workshop, first time I did it. I had, I had two pilot schools. It didn't really go the way I thought it was going to go. That first year, we learned things. Absolutely. It was a good experience for the first um, two schools I worked with. 
but it was an even better experience the next time we did it. And then that version that I explained to you was the next time we did it. So this idea of, so as a leader, I think it's really about building in that top layer. We have that base layer and that middle layer. It is about building in time, which I know is a, a, a quantity that's hard to come by, but it's also empowering teachers to know that they can do that. And then when they're building their project, then they're sharing it with others, whether they're sharing it only with their district, but more importantly, if they're sharing it out with the world, whether they're presenting at conferences, whether they've developed a YouTube channel, all of these things help to enrich you as an educator. You're making more connections, you're learning more about yourself, but as a district or as a school, if you are allowing, or not really allowing, but empowering your educators to um, sort of go about their passion projects and, and giving them the structures to do that, you know, learning that design thinking, then that it will in turn will also affect their students. Um, I think that the person that you can most affect first is the teacher and that teacher affects so many students. And so if teachers have are able to experience that for themselves, then that will automatically influence their teaching. And let's talk about one of your passion projects, which is the Design Lessons Podcast, which I'm so excited is now on the Teach Better Podcast Network. It is just a phenomenal podcast. But for those who may not have had a chance to listen to any of those episodes yet, what is the podcast about and where did the idea come from? Well, um, it's called Design Lessons and it kind of has two different meanings. So one, it's about really designing your life intentionally. So we use a lot of design thinking skills. Um, I always have an actionable strategy for you to use in order to make your life better. So we have, I have three different pillars. One of them is mindset. The other mindset and relationships, one is about real world opportunities, and the third one's about critical and creative thinking. And those pillars work for us as educators as much as they work for our students. And so you'll, you'll probably see a couple of different kinds of episodes. Some episodes I really focus in on you as an educator and, and how, like, like I said, we just did one on how can you design your ideal week and taking into consideration your, your energy and those things that make you curious and bring you joy, right? But at the same time, I also have an episode where we're really looking at how do we use design thinking in order to design a unit for students. So it's, it's kind of like we take our three pillars and we look at, okay, how does that affect our lives? And then sometimes we look at, okay, how can we make this ideal thing weak? How does that work for kids too, right? They need to be able to self-regulate and figure out where their energy levels are just as well. So it kind of still follows that model that I have where if you as an educator can experience it, then you're more likely to bring that same experience on to students. So sometimes there are shorter episodes that have, like I said, an actionable step-by-step -step strategy. Sometimes I interview people just like you, Josh, that tell me really about their passion projects and, and, um, and because those are the things that bring you joy. Those are the things that spark your curiosity. And so those are the kinds of episodes that you can find. And um, I just finished an episode with Donetta Norris, who's a second grade teacher in Texas. Um, and so she was talking about, you know, how she's navigating, you know, teaching during the pandemic. But we really got into talking about relationships and creating safe spaces and identity and culture. And it was just a really 
wonderful conversation. So how did it come to be? That's a great question. So, you know, I, I talk about with your passion project, really having a mission. So my mission really is to see, you know, inquiry and, and students to have empathy and students who are global citizens. And I really feel like I can do that through having conversations, whether, you know, it's just me talking or two, two people talking and learning from each other, but also sharing specific strategies about how you can do that. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to talk about something else that you're working on right now, which is Uncover the Leader in You, which I know is a coaching series, but I want you to tell the listeners because it kind of intertwines with everything that you've been talking about during this podcast. So what is that project all about? So Uncover the Leader in You is like a, basically a coaching week. It's an opportunity for you as an educator to really get clear about what is your story? What are your pivot points? that have really grounded and made your core values and sort of the mission that you have. And maybe you don't think you have a mission right now, but by the end, you will definitely have figured that out. What what it is throughout your educational career that has really inspired you and has really kind of, you hone in, you figure out your mission. And then the other thing that we do, we take that mission and then we say, okay, now, how can I actualize that? How can I make that come to life? For me, my passion project is my is my podcast. That's the way that I actualize my my mission, as well as doing you know offering professional learning around that topic. But for for someone else, it might be you know for instance for Mike Franklin, who I interviewed for the podcast, um, he was Maryland Teacher of the Year. He wrote a book called Teachers Change in the Green, where he really shared all the different ways that he builds relationships with kids and with the community. So what your passion project, you know, the, how it shows itself in the world will really depend on you and what you're most interested in and how you want to get that across. But really, it's about how can we change the face of education? And so uncovering the leader in you is about really figuring out who you are as an educational like thought leader and and how might you help to change the world? And I know that sounds big and grandiose, but I feel as though if we all come understand our missions and in essence, you're building your own passion project. And I will tell you that I wake up every day excited to do my passion project. It fuels my curiosity. It truly brings me joy. Like you're just, you just named my podcast and my smile just went like a hundred watts. And I think, and I think it really makes a difference in your teaching. It really helps to focus it. It helps to energize it. And so that's what that week is about. It is about really getting back to your roots. What is your story? And there's a lot of things personally and professionally that influence your story and what's your mission. And then how can we make that mission? You leave with a concrete plan for how to make that mission happen. That's wonderful. And Michelle, I loved how you talked about that reflective process too of finding your mission. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love to reflect on your leadership practices and leadership journey. And if you will, for those who are listening that are aspiring leaders or current leaders, what is one or two things that they could do tomorrow or next week to really enhance their leadership journey? I feel like it is, I talked about it earlier. It's about failing. People call it failing forward. Right. Um, it really is about just getting out there and doing it. I think we all have fears 
you know, that make us not want to put ourselves out there. I am truly an introvert yep. and it's not that I won't get out there. It's just that I, I get my energy from talking to people one-on-one. Yep. So I say all this to say is fail forward, try it out. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Revise, reflect and try again. Do you feel like the educational system allows for failure? I, I think it's something we're working on. I think a lot of people are talking about failing forward. I think there are a lot of external factors that we can't always control. Um, and so uh, I think one of the things I, I also say on the past is you can control the things that you can control. Yeah. You can wake up each day grateful that you're there and see what, what positivity that you can put in the world. Yeah. And I totally agree with everything you're saying, Michelle. Because I, I do think that we need to change that mindset because so many leaders are afraid to do anything without um, it being successful. And, and we just can't do that as leaders. So um, I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. For those who are looking to connect with you for yeah. your podcast, for your Uncover the Leader series, or just want to connect with you on social media, how can they do that? So my website is my name. I have one L in my Michelle. It's michelleschmidtmore.com. If you want to email me, it's hello at michelleschmidtmore.com. And then on social media, it, I'm M. Schmidt Moore on all of the platforms, whether you're on Clubhouse or Twitter or Facebook or uh, Instagram. That is my handle. I'm excited actually to talk to people. So please do reach out. Michelle, it is such a joy to speak with you. Every time I have an opportunity, I feel like I grow so much. And I am just so thankful that you're on the Aspire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Oh, thanks, Josh. I really enjoy being with you.